are now listening to an inspirational message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where Dr. Michael Wesley Sr. is pastor. Please join the service in progress.
speak. No greater words. It's not as if God needs our permission. But he does invite our cooperation. And when we cooperate with him by offering him our willingness to hear his voice, then God is able to speak to us and pass on to us truths that we would not know otherwise. Great prophet said God is willing to speak. Are we willing to listen? If we're willing to listen, God has a word for us. And I believe he has a word for us right now. So we're going to pray and we're going to give that word. Father, thank you now. But it's time of worship and it's time in your presence. Thank you for the Sunday morning gathering. But the people of God has come and have battled through all of the challenges the week has placed before us. We come with hope in our hearts and with a need for an uplift. We pray now that you would speak, that you would speak to us personally, that you would speak through your human servant, that your word would ring clear in our hearts and in our minds, and that our lives would be transformed as a result of what we hear. Bless now the words in our mouth, the meditations in our heart, that it may be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. We ask it all now in the name of your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank God. Time being advanced in the service, we'll move right into the, the text for the morning. I want you to look now in the 11th chapter of Matthew. We finished chapter 10 last time, so we're going to look in the 11th chapter of Matthew's gospel. We're going to look at the first six verses this morning and you're hearing these words uh, some of them are familiar to us and it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his dis 12 disciples he departed thence to teach and preach in their cities now when John had heard in the prison the works of Christ he sent two of his disciples and said unto him, Art thou he that should come, or do we look for another? Jesus answered and said unto them, Go and show John again these things which you do hear and see. The blind receive their sight and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. This is the word of God for the people of God. I'm going to preach this morning from the subject, the reaction of doubt. The reaction of of doubt. When we come to Matthew's gospel as we have looked at it over the last little while, we, we have seen Matthew's purpose is to present Jesus as the Christ, the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Jewish long-expected Messiah, the promised deliverer from the Old Testament. And to make his case clear to us, for 10 chapters, he has gathered a series of testimonies from people who could affirm that Jesus is the Christ. The first testimony in the first chapter is the testimony of history. As he walks down through 42 generation and shows us that Jesus is a descendant of Adam and all the way through the lineage of David 
and he is very, the very one that had been promised. We see in, in chapter 2 the testimony of the virgin birth. To know that he was supernaturally conceived. We see Joseph in anguish trying to figure out whether or not he's going to divorce this girl. But the Holy Ghost shows up and tells him, don't be afraid to take this girl to be your wife. We see in chapter 3 the, the testimony of the father. As he announces at the baptism, you are my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. We see in chapter 4, Matthew's bringing together the testimony of Christ as he defeats the art enemy, Satan, by letting him know that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. In chapter 5, 6, and 7, we hear the testimony of Christ himself teaching the word. And the reaction of the people, he doesn't speak like the Pharisees. He speaks with authority. Then we see in chapters 8 and 9 the testimony of power. As Jesus demonstrates power over the demonic. And he demonstrates power over the natural elements. And he demonstrates power over all manner of sickness and disease. Then we see him gathering his disciples privately in chapter 9 and letting them know the end of the world is coming. Harvest is plenteous. The laborers are few. Pray with me that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers in his vineyard. Then he turns right around and he sends them out. And we saw all of the teaching that he wanted them to understand in chapter 10, as he prepares them for a short-term mission, he gives them power and he commissions them to go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, when we come to chapter 10, chapter 11, we have to understand what Matthew is doing. He's shifting now. He's shifting from his assembly of information and he shows us now the reactions of people to the message of Christ. And, and the first reaction that we see in these first six verses is the reaction of doubt. But following the reaction of doubt in verses 15 through 19, we'll see the reaction of criticism. I'm going to talk about that another week. And then after that, we see the reaction of indifference, how people just did, didn't even care. And then after that, we see, as we come into chapter 12, the, re, the reaction of re, rejection when Jesus was beginning to be rejected. And then we see in chapter 12, the reaction of amazement and the reaction of blasphemy and ultimately the reaction of fascination. So let's come back to where we are today. Here is the first reaction, and it is the reaction of doubt, and it centers around a well-known biblical character whose name is John the Baptist. Now, he wasn't a Baptist because he was a member of the Baptist church. He was the Baptist because he practiced baptizing, and when a person would practice a certain thing they became known by what they did he's Tom the pusher she's Sally the prostitute see uh, she she's Pamela the judge whatever it is a person become known by what they practice and because John practiced immersing people he became known as John the baptizer and for short they called him John the Baptist now, John wasn't just anybody. John was a great man. He was the greatest man, Jesus said, that had lived up to this point. And what I want to submit to you this morning is that, 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 that doubt is an action that comes from believers. 
See, there are a lot of lessons in the Bible that addresses non-believers. But, but the reaction of doubt is centered and focused on believers because believers are the ones who doubt. You, 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 you have to hear something and you have to believe something to have some level of doubt about it. And, and what we want to learn this morning is, is that even God-fearing people like you, God-fearing people like me, can sometimes have doubt. I, I, I don't think you're with me because I believe that if we look around the landscape, there are all kinds of debates about what's going to happen to number 45. And there are some people who doubt that he'll see a day in jail. And there are other people who believe that he might spend the rest of his life there. Oh, you don't hear me. But whatever it is, it comes from a, a system of belief about what we think. We've heard something and we tend to then align ourselves with what we've heard. Now, 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 what I want to do is, is talk a little bit about John, this guy, John the Baptist. And I want you to see what led to his doubt because the very things that led to his doubt are the very things that lead to our doubt. If John was a good man and he doubted, guess what happens to you and I? Oh, yes, it, it, it is possible now because God makes some heavy promises sometimes. And sometimes we think it's too big for us. And we think that God is just talking. And we'll tend to doubt and we'll talk ourselves out of blessings that God intends for us because we just can't believe that God can bring it through. Anybody ever had any doubt? Oh, I know you have. You don't have to answer. I know you have. So let's look at this man, John, John, John the Baptist. He wasn't, he wasn't a, a, a shy guy. He, he wasn't your everyday run-of-the-mill kind of guy. As a matter of fact, he lived out in the wilderness. He, he, was, he was born the son of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And from his mother's womb, he was filled with the Holy Ghost. And, and, and so when he got to be a man, he went out into the wilderness and he dressed funny. He, he dressed with lion cloth around him. And, and, he, and his diet was locusts and, and wild honey. He, he, he didn't eat in the very best of the restaurants. He, he, didn't, he didn't sleep in the top of the, of the hotels. He, he was a wild man that stayed out in the wilderness. But the boy could preach. He, he knew God, and he knew God's word, and he would announce things. And, and one day, he, 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 was, he, was, he was not a shy guy. Uh, Herod Antipas, who was the patriarch of the district at that time, had gone to uh, uh, Rome to visit his brother. And when he went to visit his brother, he saw his brother's wife, and he seduced his brother's wife. And, and, and when he came back to uh, the area of Galilee, he uh, then began to push his wife out to divorce her so that he could make room to bring in his brother's wife. And, and everybody was, was, was kind of quiet on that deal, except John the Baptist. Now, now John did not write a, an anonymous letter. He did not send a tweet. He did not send a text. He did not put it on Facebook with anonymity. He got right in the face of Herod Antipas. And he told him, he said, you're wrong. He, he called him out. He called him out. He said, he said, you're an adulterer and you are wrong in what you're doing. And, and you know that didn't set well with, with Herod. And, and, and Herod had John put in prison. And, and he put him way in prison, way out in the desert, out near the Dead Sea, a long way from where other people existed. And he put him in the dungeon, the darkest part of the prison. 
And ultimately, he was intending to take his head off, and he ultimately did. But John, John was there. And, and the text say, uh, meanwhile, meanwhile, the disciples of Jesus now, in chapter 10, had been given the instruction to go on the short-term mission. So they're gone, and Jesus is alone. And while Jesus is alone, he continues his ministry. He began to teach and he began to preach. And those two things are different. Teaching occurred in the synagogues, in the, in the, in the learning place, in the Jewish synagogue, wherever there were eight Jewish families, there was a synagogue. It was a teaching place. They would read the Old Testament scripture and the rabbi or the visiting rabbi would explain exponentially or expositorily the meaning of the Old Testament scripture. That was the teaching station. But the preaching, he did both. Preaching would occur out in the open. He would go in the highways and byways and he would talk and he would tell people about the kingdom of God. So while the disciples were gone, Jesus continued to teach and Jesus continued to preach. And one of those days while he was out on one of his preaching ministries, two of John's disciples who John has sent from prison to go and find Jesus. And obviously, these men had been poking around the fringes of the crowds wherever Jesus was. And this occasion, they found the opportunity to speak directly to the master. So they come up to him and they tell Jesus John's concern. And John's question was, are you the Messiah? Are you the Christ? Or do we look for another? Now, 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 John knew Jesus was the Christ. They were cousins. Elizabeth and Zechariah and Mary and, and Joseph were all related. You do know that when, 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 when the angel told Mary she was pregnant, he told her, go visit your cousin Elizabeth because she's also pregnant. And Mary went to visit Elizabeth, and as soon as she visited Elizabeth, the baby in Elizabeth, who was John the Baptist, shouted. Huh? First hoop came out while he was still in the womb. Oh, y'all gonna hear me. And, 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 so, and, and so John knew who Jesus was. And even though they grew up in different environments, when it was time for Jesus to be baptized, Jesus comes out to the wilderness where John is, and he says to John, baptize me. And John said, no, I need to be baptized by you, but nevertheless, I'll do it. And when John baptized Jesus, the heavens open up. And God spoke. And God said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So John knew who Jesus is. He knew who he was. As a matter of fact, he was preaching on another occasion. And his disciples were around him. And Jesus showed up on the scene. And John said, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So he knew who Jesus was. But now he's in prison. And, and doubt began to set in. And so he sends his messengers. And he asks the question. Are you the one we're looking for? Are you the Christ? Or do we look for another? You see doubt. Doubt set in on John. And, and doubt doesn't bother unbelievers because they don't believe. But doubt bothers believers. And, and, and what was it that caused John to doubt? I'm going to give it to you very quickly in the skinny. And, and because I want you to see that what caused John to doubt is what causes us to doubt. Now what messed with John? What, what, what got in his head? What, what, what messed with him? 
I'll tell you, number one, it, 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 was, it was difficult circumstances. Man, difficult circumstances will make you doubt. It, it, will, it, will, mess, it will mess you up. You, you, you got to know, you got to know. See, before John went to prison, John was the man. John was out in the wilderness, and he was preaching, and everybody was coming to hear John. John was coming, but he was bringing it. I mean, he wasn't sugarcoating it. He was out there. The Pharisees showed up one day, and he didn't give them a welcome invitation. He called them a generation of vipers. He sure did, but people kept coming, and everybody, every looked like the whole world was at John's hand, but now John's in prison. And John is, is forgotten. You, you got to know he was a wild man. Henry Barclay say that uh, John probably had never spent a night in a house. And that he had been in the, in the outdoors ever since he was a young child. And now to be confined in a dark place in prison where he can't see no light. Where he can't smell no air. Where he can't see no birds and no bees and nothing else flying around. Circumstance has closed in on him. John began to doubt. What's wrong with this picture? Looked like just a little while ago I was on top of the world. But now it seems as if the bottom has dropped in my life. Something is wrong with this picture. Is this fair? Come on now. Don't you pretend that you haven't been there. When you know that you've done the best that you can. When you've done all that you can, tried to raise your children right, tried to raise your family right, and Negroes rise up against you. Don't tell me doubt won't come. Don't tell me circumstance, difficult situations won't get the best of you. You jogging every day, you trying to diet and eat right, and you go to the doctor and he tells you something is growing under your skin. It will mess with you. Un- situations, difficult situations will cause you to doubt. Come on now, don't pretend in here this morning. You know I'm telling the truth. If you know it's the truth, just say amen. You can't say amen, just blink your eye because you know it's right. Difficult circumstance will make you doubt. It really will. It really will. You can be floating along and you can be going through life. You can be doing things your own way. And as long as things are going that way, you can roll on. But let things change. And when no longer the sun is shining. And when no longer the people are applauding. And no longer when the crowds are there. And you're all by yourself. And you're in a dungeon of self-made circumstance. It can mess with you. See, when you're in church, it's easy to say, praise the Lord. It's easy to get your shout on when everybody's around. But when you're by yourself, when you're in a dungeon, when you done shouted and cried as many times as you can, and things still haven't changed, doubt can set in. It mess with you. So, 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 so John, John, John's, wait, 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 something, something, something wrong here. I need y'all to go find out. Is this the right one? Uh, not only uh, difficult circumstances can, can make you doubt, but secondly, sometimes worldly influences can mess with you. See, now, John, John is in prison. He doesn't see the ministry of Jesus going on. So he sends his disciples Go, go, go spy him out. See what's going on. John had announced he's the Christ. John had announced that there's one coming after me who's mightier than me. The latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. I baptize you with water, but he's going to baptize you with fire. So I, I want you boys to go around and hang around the crowds to see what kind of fire he baptized them with. And because John is in prison and can't see for himself, he's relying on the influence of his friends. And how many know that friends don't always get it right? 
I'm, I'm, I'm going to know that, that they, you know, is always they. You know, they said they never have a face, but they said. And, and, and they seem, their opinion seem to matter more than anybody else's. And so now they have influenced these disciples of John and they go back and they influence John. See, it's the world. It's the world, man. I, I, I'm, just, I'm just mind boggled when I think about all of the mountain of evidence that has been accumulated in this circumstance that has our nation divided right down the middle. But people don't want to see the mountain of evidence. They rather listen to the influences of the world. Because, it's, it's, see, what's popular doesn't always mean that's what's right. Just because something is popular doesn't necessarily mean that it's the truth. See, popularity and righteousness are not the same thing. You can be popular on one thing, but you can be wrong as hell on another. But it's those things, it's the influences that other people bring to the table that can mess people up. How many times have we been messed up like that? We've listened to information that other people have brought to us without necessarily us checking it out to see if it's the truth or not. And we rely on it because, see, this was so-and-so, and so-and-so and I are tight. And because we're so tight, I know they wouldn't tell me anything but the truth. But that's their opinion. And their opinion is not necessarily factual. It's just an opinion. And because the influences there that had come to John, he wasn't able to verify things. He wasn't able to go see what Jesus was doing for himself. He wasn't able to interpret a sermon for himself. They didn't have recordings in those days. So, so they, they, he wasn't able to sit at home and, and, and watch a replay of Facebook Live to see what the master said. He, he wasn't able to be around in the crowd to see what the reaction was to the healings that took place. And so he relied only on what they said. And, and they didn't get it right. And they, they almost messed John up. He's in prison. He's alone and he's troubled. And he said, y'all, y'all go back and ask him. See, that's the beautiful thing about it now. Can I tell you? Can I tell you what I like about it? I'm trying not to be long. Forgive me, him. But let me, let me tell you what I like about it. What I, what I like about the doubt that John had. He knew where to go. See, he, he, he knew where to go. You, it, it, it's all right to have your doubt. At least you ought to know where to go to get the right answer. He said, y'all go see him. Go, go see the one man who, who, who hands I, I held, who, who I took down in the water. Go see him because I know he'll tell you what's right. And uh, when, when they came, uh, Jesus, uh, according to Luke's gospel, if you go over in Luke's gospel, you see that, that, that Luke said, um, Luke recorded that Jesus all of a sudden just broke out in a, in a plethora of miracles. He just started healing people. He just started raising people from the dead. He, he started opening the eyes of people. He started touching lame folk. He did all of that. He said, now these miracles are for John. He said, now you go tell John that the lame walk and, and that the blind see and that the dumb can talk. You you, you, you go back and you, you help him. See, 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 that, that's a third, third reason that, that, that we doubt and that John doubted. Not, not only the difficult circumstance that we face and not only world influences, but, but, but sometimes, sometimes when, 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 when our expectations are not met. So we call that unfulfilled expectations. Man, man, oh boy, that can make you doubt. When you, when you expect something to happen and expect it to happen a certain way and it don't happen like that, that can mess with you. I mean, how many ever expected something and it didn't happen? And, and when it didn't happen like that, it disappointed you. It, it messed John up. John, see, John had expectation. 
What, 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 what was his expectation? What was the Jews' expectation of the Messiah? That when he came, he, he was going to get rid of the Romans. He was going to expel the Romans out of the countryside. And, and, and that, 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 that was going to be a, a free food program. That, 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 you know, that's why that night, you know, when Jesus opened the bakery and the fish market on the side of the mountain and fed the folk with the two fish and the five loaves, you know, they were ready to make him king that day. And that's why he had to force his disciples, get in the boat, get out of here. This is too dangerous because they were ready to make him. They saw his ability to mass produce. And somebody who could mass produce fish and loaves like that certainly could produce weapons. And they were always interested in seeing the Romans in their domination of Jewish occupation. And so they're in the minds of the people, they expected that when the Messiah come, he was going to get rid of the Romans. He was going to start a free food program where everybody could eat as much as they want. And and John himself had expected that Jesus was going to bring fire. You know, I just told you a little while ago, he said, I baptize you with water. But he's going to come with the fire. And so he was expecting sinners to be incinerated. He expected Jesus to walk around and just blast people and just dominate people and just eradicate all of the Pharisees and religious leaders with his supernatural power. And because he wasn't doing that. See, he was merciful. Jesus was around there preaching. He was around there, blessed are the poor in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. He was talking a different talk than what was expected. And because he wasn't doing what they expected, they became disappointed. Oh, God, help us today. There have been times in your life and in my life when we have expected things to happen a certain way. And because it didn't happen that way that we thought, sometimes we put God on a timetable. And we expected the God to answer when we demanded. And because God didn't come through when we said, we thought it was all messed up. Something wrong with you, God. Don't you know? What I wanted you to do, sometimes we wanted God to heal a loved one, and he didn't heal them. Sometimes we wanted God to open a door, and he didn't open the door. We didn't get the promotion. We didn't get the job. We didn't get the raise. We didn't get the bonus that we thought, and we think it's all messed up because you didn't do it like we thought you should have done it. And doubt... Doubt will come. Doubt will come. I thought I should have been further along than where I am. I, I, I looked around at others who have gone through similar circumstance. And I've compared my life with where their lives are. And it seemed as to me like if I've done these things, then this should be the result. And because this is not the result, now I'm ticked. Now I'm disappointed. Do, do, can, can I come a little closer? Do you, do you know what makes grief so hard? Because, see, when we lose someone, you know, we know that God has the power. And, and we talk to him like we don't want to accuse God. But we know that he has the power. God, you had the ability to stop that. You could have saved my mama. You could have kept her around here for a little while longer. You could have kept my daddy here. You didn't have to let my brother go. God, you could have intervened. You've done it so many times before. And I just can't figure out why you didn't treat us in this way. And I'm telling you. I'm telling you, as God is my witness and is your judge, you know that doubt will slip in there. Yes, it will. Yes, 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 it will. You had expected to pay off your house. You had expected to send your child to college. You had expected that some other financial blessing was going to come. And, 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 and for whatever reasons, the, the postman got held up. <laughs> it seemed that he didn't get the right message. He brought the wrong check. Instead of it having six or seven figures in it, it only had one or two figures. 
Oh, I can't tell you, man. Can I tell you the truth? Can I tell you? I remember one day, man, I had been waiting on publishers clearing house. I promise you, I've been, I was filling out every application, everything I could. And I thought that I was going to get some money from publishers clearing house. And one day, honestly, to God help him true, a check showed up. And man, I was nervous opening that paper. I said, oh, Lord, they finally sent something here, man. And I tore that thing over, man, and it was $12. (laughs) I said, well, praise the Lord. (laughs) I said, you didn't promise how much. You just told me they were going to come. Man, I had already started planning retirement. <laughs> but that will come. That will come when, when expectations are, are, are not fulfilled. When, when we have disappointment in our life. When, when we have difficult circumstances in our life. When we can't see the way things are really are. How many know that we can be blinded by the truth? Sometimes we can be blinded by the failure of the truth. Sometimes we can't see it because we want to see it so bad. And, and when, when we want to see it so bad and we can't see it like it really is, it can mess us up. So John, John, John was messed up, man. He had, he had these expectations of Jesus that he, Jesus was going to do it a certain way. And because Jesus didn't do it the right way, John was messed up. So let me give you the last one here. And, and the last one for is, is sometimes it, it, it comes, disappointment and doubt come because of incomplete revelation. We, 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 we don't have the full picture. You know, we, we, we don't, we don't. And John didn't have the full picture. See, he heard what the Old Testament said, that he was coming. And on the one hand, he knew that he would be the Prince of Peace. But, but he didn't have the rest of the revelation. The Old Testament prophets could see down the barrel of time, down into the coming of Christ. They saw his first and second coming together. What they didn't see was the age in between, the gap in between called the church age. And because they didn't have the complete revelation, they couldn't understand why Christ came the first time as a suffering servant. See, you know, that messed Judas up. Because Judas had been hanging around as one of the twelve. Because he was expecting Jesus to set up his earthly kingdom. And as a matter of fact, Judas thought that he could force it. So he went and betrayed him. Turned him in for 30 pieces of silver. Because he felt that if I force Jesus' hand, then he'll go head on and become the Christ. And demonstrate that he has the power. But he had an incomplete revelation. Uh, John's life didn't get better. When Jesus told those boys, you go back and tell John, the lame walk, the dumb talk, the dead are raised. You let John know that the revelation is complete. Everything that they've said about me is true. That I'm not anybody less than who I'm supposed to be. You just don't understand what season this is. And how many know that it's the season in life that messes up? See, Jesus had to tell those disciples on the day that he was getting ready to go to glory. And they were saying to him, Master, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said, it's not for you to know the times nor the seasons. But you go on back down there and get on one accord. And don't worry about something. Listen, I'm glad that God don't tell me always what season it is. Because I might try to rush the season. And I know that if I just wait on him, everything is going to be all right. I heard the promise say, now let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The question that I have, God, is when is due season? I thought due season was yesterday. I thought due season was last year. But if I got to wait on them a little while longer, just help me to have a little patience with you. Because I know that when you do come through, everything is going to be all right. 
Anybody know God is going to come through? He might not have blessed you yet, but it doesn't mean he's not going to bless you. He might not have come through yet, but it doesn't mean he's not coming. It's just around the corner. It's just in the next bend. It's just in the nick of time that God will come. And how many know when he comes, he's going to show up and he's going to show out. And when God shows up and when God shows out, the windows of heaven will open and the gates of hell will not prevail. God is our refuge and God is our strength. He is our present help in the time of trouble. He may not come when we want him to, but he's always on time. Yeah, we just need we just need him to open our eyes and help us to see that he's round the corner, that he's on the way. Like, like when I was a kid, it's in the layaway, baby. It's in the layaway. And it's just a matter of time before God comes through. So don't doubt. Look, look what, I, what I love about it. What I love about it is Jesus didn't rebuke John. He didn't fuss at him because he had doubt. In the next few verses, verses 7 through 15, Jesus preaches John's eulogy. And he says that there was not a greater man among men than John. And what I want you to draw from that is that God knows that we have these lapses. That we have these temporary moments where we can't see what we need to see. And he doesn't beat us up because we have doubt. He lovingly comes along with us and coaxes us and encourages us and helps us to slow down and get our eyes back in the right place. John's life didn't get better because Jesus told his disciples, go back and tell John the signs of the Messiah are here. John disciples went back. They went all the way out to the Dead Sea. All the way out to the prison called Macarius where John was held in the dungeon. And they gave John the message of Jesus. And obviously it was enough to soothe John. Not because he got out of prison but later when Herod had a banquet and Herodias' daughter danced. She asked her mother, what would you have me to ask Herod for? She said, ask him for the head of John the Baptist. She never forgot the stinging rebuke from John confronting their sin. And she had John's head cut off. But here's how I know that John was confident His disciples were assured because after John was killed, the disciples came back to the prison and they got John's body and they buried it and they went and told Jesus. Now, why did they go tell Jesus? Because they knew John was satisfied with his answer. Don't need to look for somebody else. Jesus is the one. He doesn't stop my tears. He just dries them when they come. Jesus is the one. He doesn't stop my pain. He just comes along beside me and assures me that it's going to be all right in my pain. He doesn't stop Satan from attacking He just stands in front of me to minimize the level of his ability to attack. He bends his weapons. He frustrates his schemes. And he does all of those things on my behalf. 
because he's the right one. Oh, don't leave here this morning thinking you need to find another one. He's already here. No final statement that you can make than to be able to say he walks with me and he talks with me and he tells me that I am his own and the joy that we share as we tarry down none other has ever known. Oh, I thank him today. I thank him today. Anybody praise him today? Anybody love him today? Anybody want to give him glory today? Give glory to your name. Give glory to your name. Glory to your name. Glory. Doors open. Doors of the church open while we sing. Anytime during the song. Give God your heart. Give one of these your hand. And let's begin a wonderful walk.
thank all of you for joining us for service this morning. God bless you. Come again at your convenience. Brings our service to a close. Study time follows. Call Sunday school. Stand with me. Can you sing it? God. God be with you. God be with you. God be with you until we meet again. God be with you. God be with you. God be with you until we meet again. Father, we thank you now for this time in your presence. Thank you for the word. Forgive us of those moments when we doubt. Strengthen our resolve. To hold on to your unchanging hand. Bless all who are here today. Keep us by your power as we go forward into another week's journey. Dismiss us now from here, but never your holy presence. As we ask now that the grace of God, the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, that he will rest, rule, and abide with each one of us, your children, until we meet again. God's people said amen. Hope you enjoyed the broadcast. You have been listening to a message from the Greater Shallow Missionary Baptist Church, where we are reaching the world for Christ. Located at 2135 Jefferson Avenue Southwest, Birmingham, Alabama 35211. For a copy of a CD or DVD, you can reach us at 205-925-5972 or visit us on the web at www.greatershallow.org. For an uplifting message, please join us for the next broadcast.